2: Hey, Clone Wars fans! Welcome to the seventy-first episode of Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. For the episode "Citadel Rescue," I am your friendly co-host Matt, and joining me, as always, is the man, the creator. The uh, what are we going to call you, Mike? I, I can't think of anything cool this time to say. I'm caught off guard. I don't know. It's Michael Cohen, though, folks. Of course, <laughs> you creator. <laughs> I was trying to make it up on the spot, but hey, hey, well, you had to run out sooner or later. <laughs> oh man those improv classes don't work anymore anyway <laughs> so we're back we're talking about the third uh portion of the citadel rescue and uh of course we got some questions answered this this episode mike i know we had a couple things we were uh wondering about in the last episode and they got answered so uh true enough. true enough yeah so uh i think it's time we we got a lot of stuff to cover so yeah. let's let's uh let's get right over to the the news
0: I'm just a simple man trying to make my way in the universe. This is just the beginning. I think it is time we demonstrated the full power of this
2: station. I have my orders from the Emperor himself. He has something special planned. This is where the fun begins.
0: I think we've got something, sir. Good luck. You're going to need it.
2: All right, and the first thing I got today, Mike, is uh, this kind of just hit the last, I think it was today this thing hit. Uh, Peter Mayhew was talking about the Star Wars and the Clone Wars, and uh, over at the dailyrecord.co.uk, uh, there's a story about Peter Mayhew and his return to the Clone Wars. Yes. And uh, he was talking about, you know, I had mentioned when we first uh, found out about Tui uh, coming back to the Clone Wars, I was wondering, you know, why did they bring uh, Peter Mayhew in? Was he, was he walking for the animators? Was he uh, yeah. talking? Well, it turns out that he is actually going to be doing some voice work. Which was kind of interesting because, as we all know, Ben Bird is the one who created all of the voices for Chewbacca, you know, the the, yeah. the growls and all that. So, kind of interesting to find out that Peter Mayhew is going to be doing some voices. So, I don't know. I, I don't know if you have seen that story yet. Uh,
1: no, no, I hadn't, I not yeah. really seen this. That's really cool. Like, I wonder. I wonder just how much they did. Maybe he was just sort of in the booth with them. Mm-hmm. when they were doing their read through so that they had something to react to so that it wasn't just like a canned Chewbacca voice and then later on they would add in like the proper right, Chewy absolutely. thing because I, I think that a lot of us can do you know a fairly good Chewbacca impersonation <laughs> right. when, when the, yeah. the need arises. Um, yeah. at, at C5 I definitely heard my fair share so oh, okay, um, yeah. you know like that yeah there's people who can sound like it but they don't sound exactly like it you know what I mean? Well, that's so, the thing, yeah. Cause yeah that's what I, I, I could definitely see him coming in and doing like essentially like standing in for it, right? But uh,
2: well, that's what it said. He kind of like he's been practicing the chewy growl, obviously, for yeah. a long time, and uh, yeah, that, that could be the case too where they just take whatever he does <laughs> and either really process it because the the previews we've seen, you know, you heard the growl and it yeah. I didn't had no idea. I mean, it just sound like chewy to me. So uh, interesting though. Peter Mayhew uh, supplying the voice. So uh, some other news, uh, just some quick hit things here. Uh, there's a fan film over at collegehumor.com, and I watched this the other day, and I was, I was laughing hysterically. It's by a Simon okay. Pegg and Nick Frost. Oh, you got a chance to see it too then? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Okay, and it's, uh, of course, Simon Pegg who was in uh, Star Trek, the latest Star Trek, and he's a big Star Wars fan as well. Uh, they did their own sort of uh, fan film, if you will, and they're reshooting the scene of uh, New Hope where they're they just had landed from the uh, escape pod. Yeah. And uh, if you haven't seen that, go over to CollegeHumor.com. Look for that. It's a really funny video, and these guys are really you know this their their standard you know their kind of humor, and it's it's really funny. Yeah. And I'm glad you got to see it because I was going to say hey, you got to check that out because totally,
1: totally. Yeah. And and on on a related note, for fans of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Star Wars. They should definitely go check out Paul because I saw it last week. And, oh, did you? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, so good, so good for Star Wars fans. Like, just so many, so many nods to Star Wars. There is uh, Jason Bateman has a moment towards the end of the movie, and everybody will know exactly what I'm talking about when they see the movie. That is, it's one. Of, it's like it, it's it's a scene that is second only to the original because it's a total tribute to one of my favorite scenes from the original oh, okay. trilogy and uh and everybody needs to see it there's a lot of stuff like that like the whole movie is essentially like while the the story of the movie is happening they're pretty much just every five minutes breaking for like homages and and Mm -hmm. callbacks and quotes and that sort of thing to all sorts of classic sci-fi stuff from star wars star trek Alien, you know predator all sorts of stuff Mm -hmm. so it's uh it's it's really awesome. It's really, really awesome.
2: Cool. That's the is that the one where the aliens enter in or something like that?
1: Yeah. What happens is uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost play two guys from the UK, uh, big stretch, uh, two geeks who, who start <laughs> yeah. at Comic Con and then they they plan like this road trip across America to hit like all of the famous UFO landing spots, sort of thing, like Area Fifty One and Roswell. Oh, as well, okay. Like, I got you. And and that sort of stuff. And then on, like, while they're on their trip, they end up coming across an actual alien, like the alien that landed, that crash landed at Roswell. And uh, okay. and then uh, they end up on this adventure with him, and it's just hilarious. So cool. good. Cool. I yeah, really check that enjoyed out. it. So.
2: Yeah, there it is right there. Is this some extra bonus uh, movie review for you? From, yeah. For Mike? <laughs> Go check out Paul. So. Uh, the last thing is the uh, Robot Chicken Star Wars number three is going to be hitting DVD and Blu-ray July 12th, and uh, that was the uh, probably the best one. It was the longest one. It was an hour worth of uh, material. Really good stuff in there, and of course, like every DVD and Blu-ray, you're going to get audio commentaries, delete the scenes, behind the scenes, and uh, making a featurette that's going to come with it. Yeah. So uh, check that on July 12th, Robot Chicken. Um, now here's some here's some other news, some collecting news. This is these are really cool. I, I'm going to pick these up when they're available. I already ordered mine. Did you already order? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, from
1: my from my comic shop. So
2: oh, okay, the the Star Wars we're talking about the Star Wars Han Solo in carbonite silicone trays, and uh, you talk about some. I can't wait to get these things because you can use yeah. these pretty much for whatever can freeze basically. Yeah. You know, throw ice in there, throw. Um, I don't know, jello, chocolate, melt some chocolate in there. Yeah. Whatever. These things are really oh, cool. dude,
1: I am going to make me all sorts of different things. Yeah. It'll be great. It'll be great. Because it's got, like, it, when you see it, it's got one big one uh, that I guess is like a couple inches tall or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. it's also got six small ones. So you can do like one chocolate bar-sized Han Solo and Carbonite, and then a whole <laughs> yeah. bunch of little ones. And the little ones would be great if you were doing like cupcakes or something like that. And you just like melt some chocolate and pour the chocolate in there, and then have little little oh, brown yeah. chocolates to to stick on the top. Um, and uh, there's also an R2D2 one, if people are not content with to just have the Han Solo and Carbonite ice tray. Yeah, silicone tray. That's yeah. sort of the thing is that it's not just an ice tray because I think that the Han Solo and Carbonite ice trays have been done before, but mm-hmm. these are silicone trays, which means that they're um, they're a little bit more versatile. Like they can be used for different things. Now I'm not I'm no uh, expert uh, baker or anything like that, but mm-hmm. I think silicone. And I'd have to I'd have to look specifically at these. But I think most silicone things can be can be heated to a certain degree and that sort of thing. So, right, um, unlike just regular plastic, right? But yeah, um, I don't know if these ones specifically are like that. But but yeah, I mean you can you can use them for all sorts of stuff. So
2: yeah, that's gonna be fun. I, I can't It'll wait occur. to get those, and they're only nine dollars and ninety nine cents. I don't know if you paid that, but. Uh, yeah, I
1: they'll I probably end up being a little bit more in Canada, yeah. but probably not by much. Like yeah. I imagine they will be more than fifteen bucks, which still, fifteen bucks, not that much, right? That's oh no, the shoot, cost of a movie these days. Yeah, really.
2: So that's a it's a great price, and look for these to uh, come out in July. So sometime in July we're going to be seeing these, and uh, for nine, uh, just about ten bucks. So that's really cool, really cool yeah, stuff. C two e two, we had some news. Dark Horse has announced a new series, and uh, yes. This one is called Star Wars Agent of Empire, and it's, it's a, apparently it's it's James Bond meets Star Wars, and takes place three years before A New Hope. So that's kind of interesting. This is right before, uh, you know, Luke and and the whole, um, you know, obviously the Rebel Alliance is already formed. You know, Leia's yeah. there. So uh, this should be interesting. You know, I'm always up for new comics, and uh, it looks like uh, Allstrander is going to be writing it. So that's good. Uh, I know you didn't really like um, uh, the last series they they did, uh, Legacy, but yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty good, and uh, John Ostrander, he's he's a pretty good writer, and he's got a really good following, so I'm sure this is going to do well, and I'm looking forward to that. In December of 2011, so the end of this year, look for that new, tr- uh, new Star Wars comic. So I don't know if this is what they left Legacy for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not really sure, it doesn't really say much about that, but... Uh, uh, at any rate, uh, check that out in, in December. Looking forward to that. Uh, a couple other things, though, Mike, before we get to the recap. Uh, her universe right now is having a sale. So any of you fans, uh, female fans or those who have females in your life, check out, uh, or ladies in your life, check out her universe right now. They're having a pretty good sale. And the making of Return of the Jedi has been confirmed. Uh, J.W. Rinsler, who did Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back, uh, both of those books, has got the go-ahead to do Return of the Jedi. And uh, look for that in two, uh, 2013. So I know those are very popular, and uh, I'm sure this one will be the same quality as uh, the last two. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. So.
1: And uh, one one more thing to add to the collecting news that I just had to mention, because okay, uh, yeah. I'm excited about it, okay. is uh, the Star Wars chopsticks, lightsaber oh, yeah. chopsticks. We're finally, finally getting Obi-Wan Kenobi's oh. Episode Three lightsaber. Nice. So I uh, I am very psyched. I've been holding out to get to get a set of these until they did Obi Wan. Um, I'd really like a set that's Obi Wan's and Luke's from Return of the Jedi, but you know yeah. I'm not going to be super picky. Um, <laughs> at this yeah. point, I guess I can collect those by getting the other sets or whatever. But um, but yeah, I will definitely be picking up these Obi Wan Kenobi ones because. Um, they're very cool, and I've, I've really liked the Star Wars lightsaber chopsticks. Just hasn't been a set that I've wanted to throw my money down for yet, but it looks like this set is going to have uh, Anakin Skywalker, Count Dooku, which is also a cool design for, for the lightsaber chopsticks, and, uh, and Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, from Episode 3. All, episode they're three. all designed cool. uh, after their appearance in, uh, in Episode 3. So, cool. very cool. And uh, I will definitely be picking those up. Any price or avail- is are they available now? Uh, I think it says suggested retail price nine ninety nine, and they'll oh, be so available you, this summer. Okay. Um, cool. But well, I don't know if that's going to be like nine ninety nine per per pair, per set, or model, if it's yeah. going to be like for the set of three. Because I can't. I I remember the the previous sets as being a lot more expensive than that. So
2: mm-hmm. um, because yeah. I think
1: that like at least up here they've been like twenty four ninety nine for a set of two so
2: okay yeah so i can't imagine thing. that
1: it's yeah i i would yeah. think that it's per per pair yeah but
2: cool cool anything else uh that you noticed in the last I, no weeks not really days? there's That's been fine. a lot of
1: stuff uh with vintage stuff lately on on the on the internet which is not that exciting in my opinion
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh but yeah no not really not yeah really. it's been it's
2: been uh you know i've been collecting vintage it's hard man I, I'm,
1: it's still, right I'm still i'm still looking
2: you know i'm still looking for stuff and yeah I I haven't even seen Wave 4 yet. Uh, I'm still missing The Emperor out of Wave... uh, What is that? I think it's Wave 2. I'm still missing that one. I can't find that one for the life of me, and I've been looking for that one for for months now. So it's uh, Slim Pickens, though. The last few times I've been to the Walmarts or whatever, it's kind of the same same old figures, you know?
1: I think that the Star Wars collecting is just... It's just drying up, like, just as an industry. And I mean, we sort of talked about this a couple weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... It just feels to me like they're running out of ideas, so they just keep on doing the same thing, which is not that exciting. I mean you think back to a few years ago, like five years ago, and we were getting stuff like the comic sets, like the comic two packs yeah and and more interesting stuff and like Galactic Heroes and things like that. And now it's like well, all they're really doing is putting out the three different the three different series and they're nice. just really straightforward figures. I mean, you've got your Clone Wars series, which is characters from Clone Wars in the Clone Wars style. You've got the the what is it Saga Legends or whatever Saga Legends and Vintage, which yeah. It's just the regular figures of from any era of anything, and then the legacy or the vintage stuff has just become the same thing as the saga legends in different packaging.
2: yeah i can't figure out why they're doing both it doesn't make sense you know the saga legends and the vintage is like that's the same
1: thing yeah i really feel like the saga legends just needs to be discontinued and yeah really there there should just be clone wars with clone wars packaging Mm -hmm. that appeals to kids that is like these are the toys for kids and you know what with the clone Wars stuff add in some more stuff for those kids right like like put in spring-loaded blaster rifles and and like like mm. the sort of stuff that the first couple waves of star of the clone war stuff had yeah like the they had like the the ascension gun type things right and that right. sort of stuff do that stuff for the kids because they want to play with these toys and then give us the vintage stuff for the collectors like you that that just want to buy it in package keep it in package that's what it's about mm. right um right but i just feel like they're they're just trying too much, but they're not doing enough with what they've got, you know? Yeah, right. Um, I mean, like we've had, in in the past years, like I said, we've had comic stuff, we've had concept figures, we've had all sorts of crazy stuff that's been really interesting, and, and now it's just like, no, they just keep on doing regular figures, you know? And, uh, and, and I just think that it's sort of getting a little bit tired. Yeah. Like, everybody's just kind of getting yeah good
2: point good
1: point it's like kids aren't buying the star wars figures as much as they have been and uh and i and and so the stores are not carrying as much because you have to remember that that the adults are always going to be the minority Mm -hmm. like as much as we want to think that that we dictate what hasbro does they listen to us because we're the vocal minority and we get on blogs and message boards and and that sort of thing but at the end of the day the kids are the ones buying the majority of the figures and if the kids aren't buying figures then Hasbro's not going to be putting very many out and you know like if they're not buying figures then Toys R Us isn't going to buy cases and cases and cases so right. you're not going to have the opportunity to to just walk into a store and get you know tons of different choices right it's it's going to be slimmer Slimmer pickings, so yeah, yeah, it's just I really think that Hasbro and Star Wars as a licensee in general needs to take a look at what they're doing, and uh, and sort of reassess. A
2: little revamp there, and not to mention the the prices of these things are, you know, eight to eight to ten dollars depending on where where you get them. So yeah, uh, not necessarily the cheapest thing either, especially with all the waves they're doing. So yeah, uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens though. We got we got some time. Hopefully they'll. They'll shock us with some big stuff here Hopefully. pretty soon.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. And you know what? The, the other side of it is that Gentle Giant and Sideshow, mm-hmm. they really need to step up their game because they have not put out anything of note or interest. Mm-hmm. In... There's some
2: stuff coming from
1: Kotobukiya. Uh, yeah, Kotobukiya is doing an awesome job. They're doing like some cool thing. stuff this year, yeah. But because it's imports, they're really expensive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and like, you're talking expensive for plastic. Yeah. because they don't have the license to do statues here so they have to do them as as vinyl model vinyl thing.
2: snaps yeah
1: yeah and so, they're
2: pretty cool you know i have a few of them and i'm looking forward to that that stormtrooper uh two-pack that they're going to have and it's relatively inexpensive for uh for two stormtroopers you know so that's one of the ones that i'm looking forward to so i can put them next to my uh sideshow vader so yeah. that's the big thing that i saw out of uh, toy fair was that it was those kota Bukia things so this is looking pretty cool so uh other than that though that's about it so i think we're gonna t- uh, head over to the uh recap are you ready yeah let's do it all righty Jedi like my father. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say
0: that. because he will become a great Jedi yeah, now. Jedi, Skywalker. I've
1: missed you. Uh, right.
0: I'm so good home. Destroy the both. You're both
1: sides. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I
0: trained Jedi. No, They're coming. Blast them.
2: No. <laughs> All right. Here we go with Citadel Rescue. On the planet Lothal, Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Evan Peel, and their companions hide out in a cave while they wait for the Republic to rescue them. Master Peel contacts the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, and Mace Windu informs him that Plo Koon is ready, is already on the way, with a fleet of ships. A squad of commando droids catches up with the group and fires at them, but ARC Trooper Fives destroys the droids with a thermal detonator, and the group continues on through the caves. And real quick, Mike, this, uh, so we're starting exactly where we left off last week. And and it, and it's, I can't help but think that if any of this three-part series that we've had needed almost a, a theater experience, maybe not this one, but the way they cut these up, I mean, it was just like, it it probably was, it probably would be a lot better seeing these bam, bam, bam. And with the, with the, uh, I guess they won't really have that with the Blu-ray either, but, uh. I guess seeing these all as one one story would have been a lot better, but I got yeah, just just
1: back to back kind yeah. of the way we got to see the Savage oppressed stuff.
2: Yeah, because yeah. that one was seemed like it was broken up a, you know, it was more three parts, but it was broken sure. up a little better. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah. So. yeah. Oh yeah, I because yeah, because the uh, the the Savage storyline definitely had really clearly defined act breaks, and then you would kind of like in the first episode you're focusing on Assange. The second, you're on Savage Press, and Asage Ventress, kind of. And then the third one, it's, it's almost all Savage Press, right? Right, right. So, yeah. like, they definitely, like, they had a flow to those, but they were definitely separate episodes. Like, you could watch those as individual episodes. Right, right. Whereas, yeah, with this one, it is definitely much more of a... Like, it, it is. Like, the three episodes together are one story. And I think it's really it's interesting because it's one of the first times that they've done this. Yeah, um, we kind of talked about this at, at, during the second episode a couple weeks ago, and how uh, normal what we're used to. Like, if you look at season one, you look at the uh, the 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 two trilogies that we get in that season. I think there's only two trilogies. Everything else is either standalones or dual episodes, mm-hmm. like two parters. Um, but you've got the malevolence trilogy and then you've got the Ryloth trilogy at the end of the season. And the Malevolence trilogy definitely is broken up into those three episodes right. with three like beginnings, middles and ends. And there isn't really a lot of lead into the next one. Um, we're following the same characters essentially, but each episode has a very different feel. Mm. Um, and then when you get to the Ryloth trilogy with that one, we have three separate stories that take place within the same time span. You could have easily, with the way that the first three seasons have been done, broken up those three episodes of the Ryloth trilogy and dispersed them throughout the seasons, mm-hmm. and right. we wouldn't have really said like, "Well, that episode doesn't have an end" because each one of those stories is is an individual character's story, right? Right, right.
2: Exactly. So,
1: because um, because we've got we're sort of like focusing on the three, the three different uh, three different storylines of ahsoka and anakin with the the starfighter battle at the beginning and then you go to uh obi-wan uh and his clones taking out the the anti-air guns and then you've got mace windu attacking the Mm capital and each one of those stories is very self-contained even though they all take place in sequence one right after the other and uh and and you know like as a as a flowing story they aren't one story, mm-hmm. right? Whereas right. like with this one, it was definitely a case of it being a single story. Like there was no break between no. the second episode and the no. first episode and the second episode or the second episode and the third one. They've gone straight through.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, exactly. Definitely, yeah. definitely a different approach, um, and. And I think an indicator of what we're going to see coming up because uh, they, like they said, sort of at the beginning of this season um, and and definitely towards the middle is that at a certain point they would be choosing a point and then just moving forward from there. None of this jumping around in the timeline. So um, I think that this is a really clear indicator of that new mentality of it not needing to be so segmented and individual episode oriented but that they can do these these sort of sprawling episodes and mm-hmm. and arcs that are a little bit more epic, a little bit more involved, take a little bit longer to play out.
2: Yes, yes. And
1: mm-hmm. essentially break up those three that three act structure into a three-part episode. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that the reason why they've decided to do that is because they realize now that they can, and I think that at at first they weren't sure, right? Because you have to remember that Star Wars on TV was something that hadn't been done since the eighties, right? Right, and, <laughs> and, and failed, <laughs> with, yeah, and with sort of uh, mixed response, right, where there are a lot of people who have very uh, nostalgic memories of it. It wasn't necessarily considered a huge success, so. Um, you know, like they are kind of going into it, going, do we make this a kids show or do we make this for adults, and see if kids will enjoy it, right? Mm, right. Um, and I think what they've discovered is that you can make it for adults for sure, and the kids will still watch it because it's Star Wars, right? I mean, you you, <laughs> yeah. you put you put lightsabers and spaceships in anything, and I think a kid will <laughs> stay yeah. interested. You know yeah. what I mean? Like oh, it, yeah. it. This isn't rocket science. It's just like, you know what? If you put dinosaurs and giant robots in something, a kid's going to want to see it, particularly <laughs> boys under the age of 13. All uh-huh. right. Like, like it's just, it's kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I like they, they kind of had to figure out where they were, where they stood with it. And now that they know that they can just, they can just do adult stories with with like complex themes and that sort of thing without having to worry about whether or not the kids are getting it because honestly the kids are just going to be entertained by the visuals and and the characters mm. and they don't need to necessarily understand at this point like at at a young age the you know, the, the duality of Anakin and Darth Vader and his transformation from hero to villain and all that sort of thing. The stuff that we obviously get off on when we're watching the show. Right. And right. the sort of thing that, that makes us do a podcast. It doesn't really matter to them. I mean, they're just going to... You, you bust out a laser sword every now and then. and It's all good. Yeah, and that's <laughs> all that matters. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got... You have the, the focus group in your house. I so, do. I mean like I you you know better than than most anybody because you've got them running kind of the gamut, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and and they're fairly entertained by it, aren't they?
2: Oh yeah, especially the youngest one. Yeah. Yeah. You, you break yeah. out he's like me, you break out some lightsabers and some cool action. It's all good, you know. It's, yeah, it's all about sure. the fighting. And and the last thing is, you know, they said the series is gonna go mm-hmm. as long as we watch. Well, they can do that when they you know, three of the episodes out of a twenty two season are of one specific topic. You know, yeah, it's not three different episodes, you know, yeah, so,
1: yeah, exactly. Like, we're yeah. not doing quite so much jumping around. I think what we need to see in order to fill that, that idea is that we need to see a little bit more of not Anakin and Obi-Wan. But uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah, That and and if Dave Filoni is listening, that doesn't mean Ahsoka solo episodes. <laughs> <laughs> that means, like, I'd really like to see uh-huh. Plo Koon do his own thing again, because we haven't seen Plo, Koo on his, Plo Koon on his own yeah. since uh, the third episode of the series, right? Mm-hmm. Or was that, no, that's the second episode, is, is what, Rising Malevolence or whatever? Yeah, The first one where his ship gets destroyed. Mm-hmm. So the, since the second episode of the series, we haven't really seen Plo Koon on his own. We've seen lots of Plo Koon, don't get me wrong. And apparently, we're going to see some more in the next uh, in the next couple episodes. But I, uh, you know, like I'd like to see him on his own again. I'd like to see Kit Fisto doing his thing again. Uh, I'd like to see C Tin actually serve a purpose. Oh wait, a <laughs> a minute. you know what?
2: Episode. You're actually answering a our forum post. You better wait.
1: Am I? Oh, okay. <laughs>
2: it's
1: funny. I need to read ahead in the read. Okay. okay. No, it's okay. It's, okay. it's okay. Hold yeah. it, hold that thought right
2: there. Hold that. Okay. Thought.
1: Let's, let's get on with the recap because we're like one paragraph in it and I've already okay, okay. completely derailed us. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, at the Citadel prison, OC Sobek receives a transmission from Count Dooku. He reluctantly admits to the Count that he still has not captured the escaped prisoners or the important hyperspace coordinates they possess.
2: And I just have to say, uh, you know, Dooku's Doku, talking to Sobek about the importance of these, the information, right? And he's having a, and having these hyperspace routes, and it'll enable the separatists to launch a surprise attack. So, obviously, that's what we saw in Coruscant, in episode three. Yeah. So how this fits together, I guess we'll find out in the next, you know, few years. Who knows? However, but uh, anyway, droids pursue the Jedi and clones to the cliff of an edge of a cliff. R2D2 commands his battle droids to stay behind and hold off the enemy, while the rest of the group uses cables to climb down the cliff. Blaster fire from a command droid breaks one of the cables, sending a clone trooper and a Republic officer plummeting to their doom. But the rest of the group makes it down the cliff to safety.
1: Wow! Props to Kyle for his uh, his attention to detail, because yeah. I just thought it was two uh, two clone troopers. I didn't realize one of them was a Republic officer. Yeah. So, so good yeah. on you, Kyle. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Uh, a fleet of Republic cruisers travels through hyperspace en route to Lola Sayu, and Jedi Masters Plo Koon, Saisi Tin, Adi Golia, and Kit Fisto go over their mission. Plo assigns Master Tin to lead the fighter squadrons and break through the Separatist blockade so that he can get to the surface with a gunship to extract the survivors. Very, it's cool to see like... <laughs> Obi Wan and mm-hmm. uh and Anakin are clearly important and and maybe not so much like literally in the sense of the show itself, but it's it's clear to us that like Yeah. You gotta send in four Jedi to save to save well I guess there's four Jedi down on the surface. Yeah, oh sorry. But, yeah, but yeah. I mean you know we know how this episode ends. <laughs> two, two Jedi yeah. and a Padawan. Yeah. Um a, a pretty snarky Padawan that doesn't listen to orders at that, so yes. um but, yeah, uh, it, it's interesting that they send essentially like the rest of the council. Oh, to yeah. save, except to save for uh, and except Yoda and Mace, yeah.
2: you know. It's, yeah. Uh, I'll continue. At the Citadel Command Center, O.C. Sobek uncages a pack of vicious Anubas, and he sends the beasts to track down the escaped prisoners.
1: Uh, the Jedi continue making their way to the extraction point where Plo Koon will pick them up and Captain Tarkin begins to question whether or not they will, the hel- their help will even arrive. Ahsoka is disgusted by his arrogance and ingratitude, but Anakin voices his support for the Captain's views. They keep moving forward, and they hear the howls of the Anubas not far behind.
2: What if your Jedi friends are not there when we arrive? Keep moving, and you won't have to worry about that, Tarkin.
0: Why did Master Peel have to share half the intel with that guy? It's like he's not even grateful we rescued him.
1: Captain Tarkin feels the Jedi should be... relieved from the burden of leading the war
2: effort.
0: That's ridiculous.
2: Maybe. But we aren't soldiers. We're peacekeepers. The Jedi Code often prevents us from going far enough to achieve victory. A rather simple point of view. Either way, he is a good
0: captain. Did you hear that?
2: Yes, they're going to have company. All right, and Mike, you know it's uh, here's Anakin, and he explains he's explaining to Ahsoka that uh, the Jedi again are peacekeepers, and not necessarily the best choice for leading a war. And uh, it's funny to hear Obi Wan; he's he's really snarky, and and he's he's just not feeling Tarkin, obviously. And uh, he says it's a kind of a simple point of view, you know. And and Anakin, yeah, you know, you see in that relationship kind of start already
1: well i like I, there's a couple of things uh, just in listening to that that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. and and in the dialogue from these last few episodes which i think oh yeah we have to sort of take a second and, and acknowledge that the and even such action heavy episodes as the last three have been the dialogue for a lot of these quiet scenes where they've been walking uh they they haven't lost interest because the dialogue has just been awesome right and and really really top notch and calling back to classic quotes without hitting us over the head with them, which is a complaint that I had earlier in the season, right, where I felt like sometimes they were being a little bit heavy-handed with with the references to previous stuff, Um Actually, I mean, even earlier in this arc, with the with the carbonite thing, and with everything needing to look exactly the same as it looks in the classic trilogy or even in the prequels, um, instead of doing original stuff. But in this scene, we've got uh, we've got Obi Wan mentioning points of view without saying a certain point of view. He right. just says that's a very simple point of view, mm-hmm. which which goes to his his whole you know like. The, the, yeah, we all know it's, it's many of the truths we cling to depend on our own point of view and all that sort of thing so um, it was very uh, it was a very subtle callback that I think if you're not if you're not paying that much attention if you're just kind of watching the episode mm-hmm. and not analyzing it like we do that you might not have even noticed Like it yeah. could have just gone, oh, gone right by you um, and then one other thing is is uh Ashley Eckstein's performance as Ahsoka, we, just, we haven't really talked about it that much. Uh, we've talked about it a little bit. But just in listening, and because we do hear just the audio when we, when we play it back on the show, sometimes we get to notice different things mm-hmm. about them. And I definitely noticed in listening back just now that the way she does Ahsoka's voice... Is very different. It is from huh? from the yeah. way that it was done in the first two seasons. Um, she's she's definitely got a lot of a darker presence to her voice, and it's it's deeper and not quite as uh, well snippy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So I uh, so definitely things to to be listening for and checking out.
2: Yeah, I know that's I noticed that too, and a lot of people started to, uh, started to notice that about her her voice work and. Uh... I'm going to touch on the two points you just made because it's funny because I have those down on my notes too. Uh, Real quick here. O.C. Sobek sends a message to his tactical droid on the command ship of the blockade guarding the planet. He is certain that more Jedi will come to rescue their comrades and he orders the droid to prepare the blockade to defend against any Republic attack. Uh,
1: Back on the planet's surface, Anakin and Tarkin learn that they both share a common friend in Chancellor Palpatine. The group hears the Anubis catching up to them and they decide to deal with the creatures before they give away the group's position to Sobek and his droids. Anakin and Obi-Wan continue onward as bait while Evan Pyle commands the rest of the group to hide in a cave and wait for the Anubis to pass by so they can attack them from behind.
2: And and we talked about, this is where I want to get to your, uh, you, you talked about dialogue, Mike. And yeah. Here's a scene right here where Tarkin, he has a couple quotes here, and he says, uh, "You know, uh, he stands by his principles, and he's fallen in favor with the Chancellor."
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So very interesting that already the seeds are starting to be sown with the Chancellor and Tarkin. Yeah, and uh, and you talked to, and here's another thing: you just is so funny that you said this because we're on the same page here. You talked about that heavy-handed stuff that sometimes hits us over the head with the yeah. quotes and stuff like that. Well. Here's one that I kind of liked. I don't know how you felt about it, but I thought it was perfect. Anakin says, do you remember I don't you probably heard it, leave that to me. You remember him saying that? This is when they ask that uh, when they need they need somebody to create a diversion.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And Anakin says, leave that to me. And and his cadence is kind of like, you know, obviously it's not James Earl Jones, but I think, I think Matt Leonard tried to get as much as he could or as close as he could to that. So I thought, for me, that was really cool. I thought that was good, and I, I had to mention it because you brought up that those comments sometimes that uh, they kind of sneak in there, and uh, that's another one that that was kind of hit you one over the head. But I kind of liked it. I don't know if you remember that. But, you know
1: but, what? I did. I don't think that I even noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that but that is what I'm talking about where it is a little bit more subtle. Like I feel like that's yeah that's good. They, like when you can allude to, uh, to. Where the characters are going, or things that they will say in the future, because we know that they'll say certain things in the future.
0: Right.
1: That's uh, that's that's cool by me. It's when it's when you feel a need to do it, and and it ends up being really sort of like in your face, mm-hmm. um, like it's a direct quote or something like that. And I mean, leave leave that to me is kind of general purpose enough kind of kind of like i have a bad feeling about this right like right i, right. I would never begrudge them from using i can't I, I have a bad feeling about this right like that's not that's not the same as as you know using a direct quote mm-hmm. of like from a certain point of view or something like that
0: yeah. um
1: and uh, and the other half is that they they haven't just been using quotes they've also been using some visual stuff. I mean, mm, there's right, a moment right. uh, that we'll talk about in a little bit when they get ambushed by the droids where one of the, the clone troopers, and I I think it might even specifically be Cody, because I'm just looking at a picture of it. Yeah, it is Cody. Jumps on top of one of the crab droids and blasts it from the top. And then, I'm not sure if it's Cody in... in uh, Episode 3? Yeah, maybe it's just, Okay. Here, yeah, it's one of his clone troopers in Episode Three that yeah. does the same thing on. Same U-Pack. thing. I, I so
2: I, I saw that too, and I did, I was like, that's just from Episode Three, and I. Didn't but it. it was just in
1: the background, and right, it wasn't. Right. It, it's not like they called attention to it. If you saw it, you saw it. Yeah. But it wasn't. Like I said, it's not hitting you over the head, right? It's yeah. there for those of us who want to see it, because because let's be honest, there's some people who've seen Episode Three and maybe didn't really recall that. Right. Like mm-hmm. like people people remember different things, but we definitely remember certain things like the carbonite and and uh, and stuff like that. They that sometimes it can be a little mm-hmm. bit uh, obnoxious how they'll they'll call back to things. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's actually kind of cool when they show us something really similar. Yeah, it's almost like a
2: an Easter egg, but not quite. You know, it's like yeah, it's, it's yeah. right there in front of you. It's just right, right behind, so yeah. Yeah, really, totally. Really cool. Uh, the Anubas run through the caves, bypassing Master Pio's group, and follow the scent of Anakin and Obi-Wan. The two Jedi ignite their lightsabers and prepare to face the creatures. The Anubas catch up to them, followed closely by a squad of commando droids on stat bikes, and Kenobi and Skywalker fight off both groups uh, of enemies.
1: Uh, I just have to say the Anubas, really cool um i yeah yeah i feel like we don't get enough creatures on the clone wars i think mm. like we get a lot of technology and we get a lot of alien species um but they haven't really spent a lot of time bringing in new creatures and that sort of stuff and for me one of my favorite things about star wars is when you go to like empire strikes back and uh and right off the bat you've got the tauntauns, right. and uh and you've got you know like they've got all this technology to go from planet to planet and yet they ride big furry dinosaurs you know (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah. and uh and stuff like that that really makes star wars that really makes it sort of that that sci-fi fantasy thing that i think has been missing a little bit at least from from this season i mean we do have a little bit more of that in season one with the uh with the tre- episode Trespass with them riding the, the narglatches mm-hmm. and, uh, and in the Lost trilogy, we got to see them riding those big things, whatever they were. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like we've gotten a little bit of that stuff, but I just like, I, I want to see more, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I want to see that, that sort of that creature side of things. Right. Coming oh, through in the definitely. wild.
2: Yeah. And it, it's, it, it is kind of like tracker, Animals—they uh, yeah. weren't riding them or anything. It was just—they were just going after them, you know, the scent and uh, just follow the dogs, you know. Let the yeah. dogs loose. Let the dogs out. Uh, a group of crab droids ambushes Master Peel and his group as they are about to leave the caves and help Anakin and Obi Wan. Peel orders the clones to keep going while he and Ahsoka stay behind to deal with the droids. Anakin and Obi
1: Wan continue fighting the Anubis and commander droids. Rex, Cody, Tarkin, and the rest of the clones arrive and help the Jedi finish off the remainder of their opponents.
2: Uh, this is actually a pretty cool fight. Uh, you know, Anakin and Obi-Wan and the Anubas and the Staps. You know, almost like they did last episode, jumping on the Staps, uh, you know, it's fighting. Anakin's using the Force when he gets tackled by one of the Anubas. Some some really cool stuff, you know, and uh, really enjoyed that, that fight scene. Uh, back in the caves... Uh, Evan and Ahsoka fight off the crab droids, but they are unaware that a stray Anuba is in the cave watching them. As Peel finishes off a crab droid, the beast pounces on him and throws the Jedi around like a rag doll. Ahsoka rushes to aid him, and she uses the force to throw the Anuba out of the cave. She tries to get help for the critically injured Master Peel, but he insists she stay with him so he can save so that he can uh, give her his half of the nexus route coordinates.
0: I have to get help. No. Don't leave. Listen to me carefully, child. The information I need you to deliver to the council. I should find Anakin or Obi-Wan. They need to hear this. No. You must listen. But I wasn't assigned to the team. I lied just so I could be a part of the mission. Whether you were meant to be on this mission or not, you are now the most important part of it. Remember this, and see to it that the information I'm about to give you is revealed to no one but the Jedi Council.
2: And, you know, I I asked my actually earlier when we started this this podcast mm-hmm. uh, I said we got some questions answered and I one of the questions I had was was ahsoka lying uh, to to Anakin and she was yeah <laughs> she says right there she wasn't assigned assigned to the team she just lied to be a part of the mission so man some uh, Interesting stuff going on with her, and, and it even gets better or worse, uh, depends on how you take it, uh, at the end of the episode. So uh, very interesting stuff, though. Ahsoka lied to Annika. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, go ahead, I just want to mention it.
1: Uh, at the Citadel Command Center, a battle droid informs OC Sobek that the Anubas have tracked down the Jedi. Sobek hops on a staff and leads a squad of commando droids to hunt down the prisoners.
2: The clone troopers finish off the last of their droid attackers. As the dust clears, Obi-Wan spots Ahsoka coming toward them, carrying Master Peel's body. She tells them of Peel's death and how he untrusted her with, the ha- with his half of the hyperspace coordinates. Before continuing on their mission, Obi-Wan suggests that they take a brief moment to honor Master Peel. With the rest of the group looking on, he and Anakin use the force to gently lower the body into the flowing river of lava. And you know what was kind of cool about this was I love the way that they cut this particular episode where they kind of faded out uh, to a commercial break, uh, kind of a, uh, a minute, uh, not a minute, but a few seconds of silence as, uh, as Peel was being lowered down. Just a perfect uh, way to kind of break out of what just happened and kind of take a commercial break. And Really cool, kind of a cool thing to do. I didn't obviously, uh, and, and here's the thing. Master Peel is dead, and it's G-Cannon. So all you out there, from now on, this is where it ends right here. <laughs> this is G-Cannon, man. He's gone. Yeah. So uh, major, major Jedi there, uh, dying in the Clone Wars. Yeah. No, no uh, questions. Okay. No questions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, it's pretty <laughs> definitive. Yeah. Uh, the Republic fleet exits hyperspace near the planet sci c Kit Fisto, and Adi Galea emerge from their cruisers in Jedi Starfighters, and they lead squads of ARC-170s to engage the Separatist blockade.
2: Back on the surface, the Jedi and clones finally reach their extraction point, a rocky island surrounded by the lake of lava. They fire cables over to the island so that they can cross the lava. Rex and Tarkin are the first to make it across safely, but then Osi Sobek and his droids show up.
1: Uh, the space battle continues with fierce dogfighting between ARC-170s and droid tri-fighters. Psy-C-10 needs more time to break through the Separatist defenses, but Plo Koon insists that they break through immediately to help the survivors. The rest of the Jedi form up around Plo's gunship, and they make a break for the planet's surface.
2: I just have to say, it was uh, it was kind of cool to hear that uh, familiar engine whine of the ARC-170s, and kind of sound obviously like the X-Wings, but... Uh... yeah. Finally get some uh, sort of space battle going on there. Just a little bit. It's a little tease right there. Uh, on the planet below, the rest of the survivors manage to make it safely to the island while shooting down the attacking droids. Fives shoots down Osu Sobek's staff, but Sobek gets up and grabs Captain Tarkin, threatening to kill him if he can't get the information out of him. The captain is saved when Ahsoka stabs Sobek through the back with her lightsaber. Tarkin thanks the Padawan for saving him and commands Anakin, commands Anakin for training his student well. Just then Plo Koon arrives in his gunship to distract them. Crab droids draw, uh, crawl up to the to the island and surround the group, but they all make it safely onto the transport and take off. As they head back into space, C-3PO and the other Jedi cut a path, a safe path through the droid defenses. They return to their cruisers and the Republic fleet turns around. And blasts off into hyperspace, and Sobek Mike has the the right idea here for a bad guy. You know, it's like mm-hmm. if I can't have it, nobody's gonna have it, and uh, he'll make sure no one's gonna have it. He was about ready to, uh, uh, you know, do a little lava action there, a little Anakin burn action there. But uh, yeah, but here's it is, man. Ah, Ahsoka does an Anakin.
1: Yeah, pulls the Anakin directly out of uh, out of a previous episode when he kills uh, Talmeric. Back in the Mandalorian, the first Mandalorian trilogy. Yeah, still so, around the back. Yeah, uh, yeah, right through the chest, where the, where the lightsaber just kind of peeks through the through the chest like that. Um, very cool, Yeah. and a very cool callback to to something that, that definitely because that was season two, right? And and like. Probably one of the standout moments of season two. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a lot of the, those moments in season two belong to Anakin, but that was one of the best ones mm-hmm. because I think that was really the first time that we got to see the dark side sort of showing up in his actions, mm-hmm. and Obi Wan kind of questions it a little bit, but just shrugs it off at the end, and it's yeah, kinda exactly. like oh well, that's just Anakin. Well. Now Ahsoka's doing it too. Can you continue yeah, sir. Yeah. to ignore it, right? Yeah. But
2: and Tarkin yeah. even says
1: you trained her well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very, very interesting. Very yeah, interesting. yeah. Because I mean, again, it was sort of a, a do or die moment, and, and you know Tarkin would have been killed if not for Ahsoka's quick action. But mm. uh, but yeah, oh, yeah. It, it makes you wonder how would Anakin or how would Obi Wan have dealt with that, right? Uh, how would how would Plo Koon or Kit Fisto mm-hmm. have dealt with it? Yeah, so definitely,
2: definitely. Uh, you want to finish it up here?
1: Yeah, uh, the oh. Jedi return to the Temple on Coruscant, where Master Yoda and Master Windu are grieved to hear of Master P.L.'s loss. Yoda intends to debrief Ahsoka and Tarkin to learn the coordinates for the Nexus route, but Tarkin refuses to reveal his half of the information to anyone but Chancellor Palpatine. Yoda decides to meet with the Chancellor to discuss the issue in private, and the group disperses. Tarkin congratulates Anakin on a job well done, and as he leaves, Kenobi and Skywalker debate the issue of how far the Jedi should be willing to go to achieve victory in the war.
2: A job well done, General Skywalker. I wish more Jedi had your military sensibilities. Perhaps I can inform the Chancellor of your valour. I'm not sure what to think of your new ally. Well, I think we
0: need people like him. This is a war. If we aren't willing to do what it takes to win, we risk losing everything we try to protect.
2: Unfortunately, war tends to distort our point of view. If we sacrifice our code,
0: even for victory, we may lose that which is most important.
2: Our honor. And there you go, Mike. You know, you're talking about dialogue, and there's some more of that right there. Some really, really good, really good stuff right there. And uh, very interesting ending here. You know, Ahsoka has one half of the information, and Tarkin has the other half. And uh, Palpatine, this is this is really cool. Palpatine wants that stuff. Gee, I wonder why. You know man right in your face right there how's he gonna now how he gets it we don't know will we know i don't know hopefully we'll get something in this in this maybe not i don't know but somehow he's going to get that information and they're going to attack coruscant and ultimately he's going to kind of sacrifice himself you know get captured by uh um uh, uh, gosh i'm drawing a blank a uh who's the robot guy uh, with lightsabers, holy <laughs> <God. General> grievous! <laughs> grievous. Is oh my gosh! Uh, you
1: know why I was having a hard time? It was so obvious that I was like, <laughs> "Who's he talking about? Like, what? Oh what, my god! What gosh. obscure character is he trying to pull out?" No, no, no. You you were just referring to one of the main characters from the prequel
2: trilogy. Yeah, only the, one of the main characters. Duh. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, so interesting stuff there, and, and I love I love that target. I love how he says "Master Jedi," and it's almost like he's a. Uh, just a, in like a mocking tone almost you yeah, know
1: yeah just for sure. wow
2: wow some really cool stuff so kind of interesting to see if we get back to Tarkin in this yeah. series
1: you know because i think we will yeah i think now so. that he's there i think it's it's like any other characters now that they exist
2: yeah we right. see a
1: lot more of them it's like once kit fisto showed up all of a sudden he was in every third episode yeah he maybe didn't always have dialogue but if you go back if if they i'm sure someone's compiled a list somewhere of who appears in what episodes and mm-hmm. if you put Kit Fisto and his appearances in The Clone Wars, he's in, like, half of the series. He just usually is standing in the background. <laughs> right? Like, yeah. he was in he was in two out of these three episodes, maybe even all three. I can't remember if he was in the first one or not. But he was in at least two out of the three. And uh, and he didn't say a thing, I don't think. So, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. Although, Say
2: Say Tin spoke.
1: Yes, he did, finally.
2: Finally, yeah. He so did,
1: finally. Good. And, uh, like... Okay, before before we wrap up this specific recap uh, I just want to talk about Evan Peel and a little bit of the, uh, the controversy that's going to uh, surround this character's death and appearance and all of that um, those uh, who, who don't know uh, Evan Peel was sort of a character of debate and we kind of talked about this earlier mm-hmm. we didn't really know what his fate was going to be and uh, and you know if he was going to survive these episodes or if he'd even show up in the Clone Wars, whether or not he died. Uh, Cause I, do we even see him in episode two? I don't know that we see him in episode two. I don't remember. So we don't, we don't really see the Jedi council much in episode two.
0: Right.
1: Um, so I don't know that we necessarily saw him in that. Um, but we definitely didn't see him in episode three. So there was a lot of people saying like, did he die in within that 10 years did he die in during the Clone Wars? Did he survive the Clone Wars, and he's just not on the Council anymore, or something like that? You know, who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and he actually shows up after Episode Three in uh, *Coruscant Nights: Jedi Twilight*, the first book of that series, which takes place after Episode Three,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was kind of like a Blade Runner esque uh, crime. Uh, noir series mm-hmm. uh, about about a Jedi who is kind of on the run. If I if I recall, I don't know because I never read it. But um, just in a little bit of research that I've done, I Peel does show up in that, um, and uh, and he does actually die in that first book. Ah. And in fact, his death is kind of very similar to to the death. That that we've got in this. Um, oh, really? Just on, on the I'm just on Wikipedia on the Star Wars wiki, uh, looking this stuff up, and it's got a quote from Jedi Twilight, and uh, this is between Nick Rostu who or Rostu who I think is the main character and Evan Peel as Evan Peel dies, and uh, Nick Rostu starts by saying, "Don't talk. You need to save your strength. I'll call a medic and they'll fix you right." And then Evan Peel interrupts him, saying, Oh, don't be an idiot. Move me and I'll come apart like a hollow puzzle. I'm done. We both know it. Someone must take over my mission. Now pay attention. And I guess that he explains his mission from there. And uh, that's hmm. kind of very similar to to what yeah. happens here in, in, in uh, Citadel Rescue. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Leland Shi, uh, who uh, I think might be the, the writer of this book... Uh, no, uh, author Michael Reeves. Yeah, okay. So Leland... No, Leland, she's the guy who keeps the holocron, right? Mm-hmm. That, he's, a, he's the
2: holocron keeper, yeah. yeah keeper I, of the holocron, yes.
1: Yeah, so it's got a quote from him here that says, We never fully explained who Anakin replaced when Palpatine appointed him to the Council, and so we just went off the assumption that it was Peel who got the short shrift. And I guess that's a bit of a pun. <laughs> uh, so when we went looking for a prominent Jedi to kill off early in, early on in Coruscant Nights." Evan Peel fit the bill. It wasn't until after the Coruscant Knights trilogy was completed that we learned that Evan Peel's death would be rewritten with this episode. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so there you go. I mean, like even the homekeeper is not necessarily uh, privy to what, what will happen in the future with characters. This is one of the reasons why I say it's generally better to go with an original concept, a new character, something we've never seen before. Because when it's something we've never seen before, you can't make arguments about continuity like was anybody arguing continuity during the uh the the whole um, shoot, I've already forgotten the name of that planet um,
2: oh, you're talking about like Concordia or something like that, or
1: you, the, talking... the, this last arc just before this one, the one with all the magic oh yeah, you're talking about the the
2: witches and all that uh um. Look at everybody's yelling at it right now through this. Movie. Yeah,
1: every, we're we're both like just blanking on stuff. Um, <laughs> you know where they were? We're all asleep and then woke up and it was a dream and all that stuff. Um, oh, I thought you were
2: talking about the uh, oh, the witches, the,
1: the savage stuff. No, no, no. Oh, you're talking about?
2: I got you. Um, yeah, what the heck was that?
1: Oh man, we did not eat our Wheaties today. <laughs> I, I told you.
2: Oh, we gotta find out now because this is gonna bug me.
1: But it yeah, in that, in that last uh, arc of episodes, um, it was all new content. So, was there anything to argue about? Not really, right? right. Like, it, it, like we didn't know about force wielders previous to this, and we didn't know about all these different things. Uh, Mortis, that's what Mortis. We were, there I you know, go. An, and like you think was Mindor, but Mindor is another planet. There's too much stuff. Which I guess is the opposite argument that I'm trying to make, which is stop making new things for Star Wars because I can't keep up with the stuff that already exists. <laughs> but whatever. Mm. I mean, it's kind of six of one, half dozen of the other, right? Yeah. Um, hey, no matter what they do, we're going to end up confused. and uh, Yeah. It's just the way it goes.
2: Well, to finish up with the, uh, the, the Evan Peel stuff, he's, uh, I kind of like the fact that they're killing off some of these characters and it's kind of giving you a like, okay. Cause you, I didn't know what was going to happen to him. I, I, like you said, I haven't read those books. So this is all new to me. And to, I was kind of shocked to see him go, I, you know, it's, they're kind of pushing that envelope. So that's kind of nice.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, some of the, some other high points though, um, peel, his fighting style was much like Yoda's, you know, he kind of yeah. spun a lot, um, some deliberate lightsaber strokes when he actually got to where he wanted to go. Um, some of, you know, obviously the the Tarkin stuff was great. Seeing the interaction between him and Anakin, uh, really good stuff. in this whole series, so uh, For sure. really really cool stuff. So there it is, man. That's that. That's the Citadel trilogy, and
1: uh, we only got one more or two more to go. So uh, and then season three is over. Season three is already over, and then over. it's gonna be the countdown to season four. Can you believe that? <laughs> countdown that's, to season
2: four. I already talked about season four. Well. Let's go over and uh hit the mailbag before we wrap it up here. Let's Excuse do it. me,
0: Oops. but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics.
2: Movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and Comics. Comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics
1: we're right across the street from Metropound. But Hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy. Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to
2: shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online
1: Uh, everything's under control here. Situation normal. What happened? We, uh, had a slight weapons malfunction, but everything's perfectly alright. We're fine. We're, We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Uh...
2: All right, Mike. And uh, our mailbag actually comes from Kyle today. And, you know, he sent over the recap, and yep. he felt compelled to, uh, to write uh, an email as well. So I wanted to include that. And he, uh, I'll read it here real quick. He says, I was initially shocked and saddened to see Echo get killed off. But uh, when I watched the episode again, I wonder what the heck he was trying to do when he died. I noticed that his path was blocked by a lot of laser fire from that turret before he ducked onto the shuttle ramp. So here's my theory. Echo was trying to sneak around and destroy the turret without being noticed, but the droid spotted him and opened fire. Echo wasn't expecting to face so much blaster fire, so he hesitated or panicked and tried to use the shuttle for cover, hoping he could still shoot the droid before it could blow up the ship. That's just my opinion, but I think it makes a lot of sense that him trying to defend the whole shuttle with his little energy shield. Anyway, great work on the podcast as usual. I can't believe I've already been writing recaps for almost a full season. I've really enjoyed the second half of Season 3, and Citadel Rescue in particular might be my new favorite episode of the series. I can't wait to see Chewbacca in the finale. And I really hope some Trandoshians' arms come out of their sockets. And that's from Kyle. And, you know, I, we actually forgot to talk about Echo, that one of our when the yeah. other, when your other theories, or not theories, but you I thought he right. might come back. But I don't know, you know.
1: They didn't. Really yeah, you know what? I, I, he could still be alive so we can still hold out hope that echo is not dead could be nobody no no death that's the rule in in pretty much anything tv movies comics Mm nobody no no death uh we did not we saw a helmet we did not see a body right so it is entirely possible that echo was badly injured um but that he is still alive and he is in the citadel um Mm -hmm. Now, that means that we could see him come back later as a villain of some sort, maybe, mm-hmm. which I think would be kind of cool if oh, we yeah. got to see him. Maybe he comes back with some cybernetic enhancements or something, a la Vader slash Grievous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if Dave Filoni, if you're, if you're listening to this, or George, if you're listening to this, that, that, that was a freebie. You can, just, <laughs> you can use that. I, I yeah. won't even ask for the royalties off of that idea because um, i just want to see it and and then i want the consequent action figure to come out because yeah. that would be really cool that's the sort of thing like everybody keeps saying that that with star wars george lucas is all about the action figures action figures action figures action figures well you know what he's had clone wars running for three years now and quite honestly there hasn't been that much new content created from it Uh, there's been a couple new species, but we haven't really gotten a lot of figures of those species. Mm. Um, Like, we've gotten Cad Bane, who is a Duro, who is an existing species, but kind of a new spin. We've gotten Robonino as an action figure, uh, and, and we've gotten Commando Droids. But other than that, it's really just been a lot of clone troopers with repaints, and I think, honestly, that even troop builders are starting to get a little bit bored of clone troopers that all look exactly the same except they have a different splash Color. of paint on them right? right right um we got embo though right oh we oh yeah we did get embo sorry my bad we did get embo uh, <laughs> and and that is a cool figure and a very cool character yeah. that i hope that we get to see soon again yeah. once more okay. maybe a, a an embo solo episode um, there you go i still think he's a jedi i think you, you know what needs to happen we need to find out that Embo is somewhere on the Citadel as well, and uh, and, and because he's a former Jedi, and uh, he will escape from the Citadel, and he will take Echo with him, yeah, with <laughs> and then the two of them will become like bounty hunters, like this bounty hunter team of like a, a cybernetic clone and uh, and a former Jedi, like he's one of the Lost Ten or something like that. Um, I thought that was would be 20. really cool. Is it twenty? Oh, lost yeah.
2: twenty. Whatever. There you go. <laughs> Ten, twelve. Well, you know,
1: more probable. <laughs> so that that is my fanfic for the week. There uh, you go. That's what Great I see think you. will happen. Uh, and if it doesn't, and as as long as nothing happens to contradict that story, that's what happened. That's okay? What happened. That's the <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's happened.
2: the M level canon. That's Cohen canon.
1: Producing a new Cohen,
2: Cohen canon. You know, and Kyle also talks about um, he was he was wondering the same thing because I I said this too in the podcast. I couldn't figure out what the heck Echo was doing over there. Yeah. He's got a little shield, and and in Kyle's point is is, is legit good. too. You know, he's just trying to get over there and, and yeah. stop that uh, stop that assassin droid. So uh, thanks, Kyle, for for doing the recaps and uh, giving us some uh, mail to talk about. So big props to Kyle. You want to do the forum post of the week, Mike?
1: Yeah, uh, so this one comes to us from... <laughs> I don't even know how to say this name. Ederbart? 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 Eter, e- Ederbart or Eterbart, Either Ederbar? one. Ederbar? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's French. Eterbar?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, if you could, he says, uh, hey, if GL came up to you and said that you could do anything with the Clone Wars, what would you do? Anything at all. Would you add something? Would you make a new character? A new planet, maybe? What would you do? Uh... I think I just said it. I think I said it a couple of times
2: in that. Episode. That's that's why I mentioned uh, this. That was our forum post yeah, you were talking yeah. about earlier. You want to see some more Kid some Fisto and some yeah. solo stuff, yeah?
1: Yeah. Um. That, you know what? That would be my main direction on the show. Would be to uh, to to defocus in season four on Anakin and Ahsoka, because I feel like like we've spent a lot of time with them, and we're sort of sucking up their ability to appear elsewhere. Um, in in the timeline, Mm. and as the show goes on, at a certain point we'll sort of have to cut those characters off in order for it to make any sense because if it goes to five or six years I mean, there's only so many times that we can see Anakin and Ahsoka doing their thing before we're like that doesn't make any sense with anything else, and I know that we've completely disregarded uh, novel and comic book canon up until this point, so there's no reason to assume that we shouldn't Continue to disregard that stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I really think that rather than stomp all over other people's hard work as they have in the past, this last episode included. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I really think that what we need to do is like it's, it's not that it's a difficult decision. It's not like they don't have another choice. All you got to do is, is have episodes with other characters every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Other than Anakin and Ahsoka, I mean, if we go back and we look at at this past season, uh, it it just it was very, very Anakin, Obi Wan, and Ahsoka heavy. Actually, specifically Ahsoka heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we knew that going in. But, yeah, we kind of did. Yeah, right. Um, because coming off of uh, C five, we knew that there would be a whole lot of this uh, Ahsoka stuff happening. But um, but even still, I don't know. Yeah. It kind of it, it gets to be a little bit much sometimes. Um, and because like I'm just looking at the at the episodes here, and we've got Anakin and Obi Wan are in the second episode of the season. Uh, let's see. Um. Ahsoka is in the the fourth episode. And then uh, we had a whole lot of Padme stuff, too. Oh, like, yeah. Very, very female-heavy. then we got Ahsoka back in the Academy, in the sixth episode. Uh, and then Ahsoka and Padme have their episode in Assassin together.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then we leave them to have C-3PO and R2's episode in Evil Plants. But we come back with... Obi Wan and Quinlan, which was a very cool break. Yeah, everything. I like
2: Quinlan. Yeah,
1: uh, but then you come back, you know, with with uh, Senate stuff. Padme and Ahsoka again traveling in secret. Mm. Like it was just there was a lot of of Padme and Ahsoka and Ahsoka and Anakin and Ahsoka Anakin and Obi Wan. You know, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that we just because we've got two more episodes of Ahsoka. Without really anybody else, right? Apparently, Plo Koon is in this next episode, um, as well as the Wolf Pack. But, uh, but yeah, I, I just think that there's been too much of those three key characters, and we need to get away from them and have Kit Fisto and and some of these other guys. And you know what? Like, let's create some new Jedi. Uh, it's a big war and I can't imagine that there's only 12 of them fighting the entire conflict because a lot of the time those main 12 are in the council chamber discussing things Mm. so um or in a war room or gathered around you know having conversations so um, where are the rest of the Jedi and like I know we get to see them every once in a while like uh like in um uh oh what was the episode that was the prelude to the ryloth trilogy supply lines supply lines we yeah. see, uh i'm a gun die yeah for one episode yeah yeah for one episode
2: yeah
1: and that's so, what i liked yeah like you said well, but i want to see i want to see them have their own arcs mm-hmm.
2: yeah
1: that's, uh, what, I want to see. that's well, what he
2: wants to see what would you do well what would i do but mine is pretty simple yeah. i just the one thing i would like to see and, and the chances of this happening are you know 5780 to 1 but uh, i want to see him take the series past episode 3 yeah. and, and parallel it and maybe go past it but like i said um, that would be what i would do he's asking me what would i would do i would say huh. let's go past let's see what happens to the uh, the jedi that take off and and, are, and let's see what let's see vader go after him you know that's what i would do and that's that's pretty easy for me. That was an easy question. That's why I kind of picked it. Like, oh man, this is easy. Just go past. Let me let me see Vader going around, just you know chopping down Jedi left and right as he's hunting these guys down, hunting the Rebel Alliance down. That's what I want to see. So. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's a cool. You know, we kind of have this kind of a topic once in a while, but it's kind of like a different spin. So I wanted to throw that in there. Uh, good stuff though. Good stuff. And if you guys have your own ideas, head on over to the. Uh, to the forum and uh, and post in there and, and talk about that for sure so uh, next uh, couple episodes Mike we got our big uh, finale coming up and yeah uh, the two-parter. first one it's two parter yeah the first one is called Padawan Lost and uh, it's uh, the little tag here is the hunt is on can Ahsoka Tano save a group of younglings stranded on the planet Iwasaka will Anakin disobey orders or mount a rescue attempt time is running out as the Trandoshan Hunters are getting closer to their prey. And the last uh, episode will be Wookiee Hunt. An unexpected ally lends a hand as Ahsoka and the Padawans formate, formulate a daring plan of escape. As the Trandoshans move in for the kill, all hopes rest on a kindly Wookiee named Chewbacca. It's time for a season finale. You're not going to forget. First Commander Tano? Why you ask? Open fire. Ah, we've got one word for you. Chewbacca.
0: It's a Wookiee. Don't miss the special one-hour season finale of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Secrets revealed. Friday, April 1st
2: at 8, 7 Central.
0: Maybe our luck's just about to change.
2: Only oh, on Cartoon Network. All right, Mike, and that's how we're going to finish up season three with some Chewbacca. Yeah. So that should be cool. Um, you know, I'm actually, if you're so daring, you could actually find this and watch the first episode already.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's already aired in the UK on, uh, yeah. on Sky HD. So, um, so it is circulating the internet. Um, yeah. Which was a very interesting choice. Uh, I, I, I don't know how something like that happens. I mean. Yeah, that's weird. Huh? It's, it's airing. The first episode has aired before Lucasfilm has even done their private screening.
2: Their private screening, yeah. That's so, kind of weird. yeah, uh,
1: I think somebody really dropped the ball on this one because this is this is something, and I'm just going to take a moment to get on a soapbox for a second here, Uh-oh, and here just you. just uh, address the the um, broadcasters specifically, and uh, and the people who produce shows like this, um, and just mention the like you need to be a little bit more realistic about stuff and realize that people are watching a lot of this stuff online by downloading through BitTorrents and and all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just the truth of the matter, right? There's a lot of people who don't even have TVs or not not that they don't have TVs but don't even have cable Mm -hmm. or or anything like that. Specifically, like, a cable uh, television show, uh, like, station I guess I should say. Like... uh, like Cartoon Network, and they're just going online and they're illegally downloading this stuff mm-hmm. so um honestly with star wars dot com they need to get get on this, and it's like if it's gonna air, it needs to air on the on the website at the same time because I know that there's a lot of people out there who are gonna go out and search out these episodes um, and they're they're going to go find them before they air and then they're not going to watch them on clone war on on cartoon network and they're going to dip the ratings the ratings exactly necessarily because ratings are a little bit of an antiquated way of doing things anyways especially nowadays yeah yeah time um,
2: shifting yeah yeah
1: because you've got one family representing thousands of people's choices uh with the nielsen ratings and that sort of thing um and, and there just really needs to be reform in the way that we calculate these numbers and the way that broadcasting is, is managed on the whole. Um, the planet's a lot smaller than it used to be, and I know that there needs, there's a need for there to be separate markets and stuff, and there's obviously already an industry built around it. But if these guys don't start adapting to the way it is, they're going to find themselves in a very difficult position in a couple of years when their revenues have really started to plummet because it's only been in the last year or so that, that BitTorrenting and, and that sort of thing has become really, really easy for the average person to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, like, we haven't even really started to see what what that fallout is going to be. But at a certain point, a lot of people, especially a lot of people in my generation, maybe not so much... Uh, people of your age Matt but, mm-hmm. but definitely right. people like 25 and under they don't even understand where the TV is coming from in the first place nor do they care <laughs> and so they really yeah. don't have a problem with stealing it right? Um, and because like, it's not it doesn't equate to stealing they can go on YouTube and they can watch these things so what's the difference between going on YouTube and going on BitTorrent and, yeah, right. and downloading it, right? It's just a matter of convenience. That's the only thing that's changing, and you know, not having to watch the episode broken up into three pieces. Yeah. Um, so, like, it, it's just the way that things are being done is changing. Uh, a lot of networks are actually combating this by by having streaming sites and that sort of thing. Um, Hulu is definitely Hulu. one of the, the yeah. avenues that you can see a lot of stuff on. Uh, And NBC is really smart about that. They're they really leveraging the fact that they're doing stuff online. But Cartoon Network, and specifically Star Wars and The Clone Wars, they're not keeping up with this stuff. Because, yes, the episodes are viewable online the Monday or like the Sunday night or whatever after they've aired on Friday. And that's fine and everything, but they're only available to the U.S., and I right. think that that's a really big mistake, because it, it then forces people to go online and download stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, Especially if, in the
2: age of spoilers, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And if, if they have an issue with, let's say, between Cartoon Network and Teletoon, if Cartoon Network airs it, and then it gets put on the website, and anybody from Canada can watch it, then how is Teletoon going to make any money off of their advertising? Well, then, Warner Brothers and Cartoon Network need to keep a closer handle on Sky UK and, and, uh, and Teletoon and these other stations. And specifically for the English broadcast I'm talking about. Because if you're in Japan or China or somewhere else and you are getting a, a dub or, or subtitles or something like that, then I kind of understand having to wait a little bit because that stuff has to be done but Mm -hmm. if it's an english broadcast there's no difference between the broadcast that's going on in the states than what's going on in canada and what's going on in the uk or australia so that stuff needs to just be handled it needs to be maintained by somebody and it needs to it needs to sync up Mm -hmm. because it's a global world especially when it comes to media you know, like this stuff's just way too easy to find online. And I don't want to see Cartoon Network and and the guys who make The Clone Wars suffer because of these missteps. And maybe they're not, so that's why they don't care. And maybe I'm completely wrong. But, <laughs> well, I, I thought it was weird that,
2: like you said, it's just funny how, you know, Lucasfilm is having this big thing. You know, they're inviting people to come see the last two episodes at, yeah. you know, the LDAC in San Francisco. But, you know, like you said, the UK, they've already seen it. Yep. and it's already filtering out all over the internet now so. yeah I mean I've gotten Scooby. I got an
1: email from one listener saying like well I already saw it oh really <laughs> and and telling me like what he thought of it uh, spo- he tried to be spoiler- as spo- spoiler free as possible but oh, yeah. uh, hmm. it, I did get an email <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, there's been other listeners that have let me know that they've already seen this episode mm-hmm. uh, that they've already seen Padawan Lost so yeah hmm. um, you know. I have not yet seen it. I haven't uh, either. No.
2: Yeah.
1: But yeah, uh, and I'll I'll probably wait because I think that they're gonna air both back to back. Yeah. This coming Friday on um on Teletoon, mm-hmm. but and hopefully hopefully you'll get to see them at a at a screening maybe.
2: Yeah, maybe I gotta try to see if I can get in on that. It's right down the yeah. sort of down the road for me, so that's kind of cool. But uh, yeah, yeah, looking forward to it. So that's gonna do it for this week, though. Before we uh, wrap up, we got some. Uh, some uh, stuff to go over?
1: Yeah. Uh, what do we got? As, as always, oh, do yes. not forget to check us out online at clonewarspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Our username is clonewars. Uh, so that's facebook.com, or sorry, twitter.com slash clonewars. And then uh, our Facebook group, which is, our Facebook page, I should say, which is facebook.com slash clonewarspodcast. Uh, and as always, you can join us on the Star Wars Daily Forums yes. at forum.starwarsdaily.com. And uh, and we had this contest going, I think. Oh, yes. And, uh, and you know what? I think I've got a winner. Really? We did get one guy who sent in a, I don't know, it's a pretty cool piece of art, but it looks a little bit like he just used a Photoshop filter. So I don't know. Hmm. But uh, you know what? You gotta get we'll two winners. Announce, we'll announce the two winners next week. Okay, we'll okay, save it for the finale. Yeah, me and Matt need to kind of go over this and uh, okay. and discuss some of these entries. <laughs> Beautiful, I like uh, it. But yeah, I so we've got the, we have I haven't forgotten about the the oh no the contest. It is still yes. going to happen. Um, Prizes
2: are ready to go. Don't worry.
1: Yeah. So. <laughs> so uh, everybody, stay tuned for that. They gotta tune in next week. Yes, tune in next Uh, week. And we will get that done. Okay. Uh, And uh, other than that, we will see you guys next week. Yeah, I'll see you next week.
0: Well, another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontline's The Clone Wars Podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com.
2: Force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.